morning and welcome to the Vine Community Church online service. You're really welcome here. Today we're going to hear some more about the Holy Spirit following on from Pentecost. But before that, we're going to have a time of worship. So even if it seems silly, stand. It's good to stand as we worship. And let's join together as we sing to our amazing God. So last week we had Pentecost, and a part of that we read from the book of Acts about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the first apostles. And how, as Peter and the others spoke, the people around them heard the message in their own language. And I thought Google Translate was good, but that was awesome. This week, and over the next few weeks, we're going to look at how the coming of the Holy Spirit changes those early believers and how the same Holy Spirit continues to impact his church, us, today. We're going to look at the fruits of the Spirit, spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives believers and the power that the Holy Spirit brings. Today we're going to start with exploring the gifts. And I just want to unpick this whole idea of it being a spiritual gift uh, with some really obvious things, but some really important things. So first of all, spiritual gifts are exactly that. They are gifts. They're given freely by God, by his grace, through the Holy Spirit to us. We don't earn them. We don't deserve them. We don't work for them. They are gifts. Secondly, um, they are are present in us. Um, they are directly from the Spirit. Um, 1 Corinthians says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And the Greek word for manifestation there means an appearance, a shining forth, a making visible, a clear display, plain evidence that God is working in you and me through his Holy Spirit. So these gifts are evidence that God is working in us. That's really interesting because we know that the scripture says that we will be known by the fruit that we bear. Then surely if that's the case, having the gifts working within us shows that we are belonging to the God most high. When those spiritual gifts are present in us, they reveal the presence of the Holy Spirit. The important thing about the gifts, though, is that we don't use the gifts. The Holy Spirit uses us with the gifts. Some people get that the wrong way round. They chase after the gifts. They want to gain the gifts because they want to use them. And, and, and their intentions may be quite sound. They want to use them for the purpose of, of developing God's church. But that's not the way it is. They don't seek the gifts. You seek the giver of the gifts. You want to be with God. You want the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will then use you with the gifts that he sees fit at the time that he's right for you. They're not merely tools to progress the kingdom of God. You're the tool. The gift is used through you by the Holy Spirit, when we partner with the Holy Spirit. 
You know, there's a gift difference as well between a gift and a talent. And it's quite important we get that. You know, talents are, are, are around us. Everybody's got talents. Some people are brilliant at craft. Some people are brilliant at speaking. Some people are brilliant at writing. Some people are fantastic. Give them an oily rag and a spanner and they'll fix anything. But there's a difference between a spiritual gift and a talent. See, I believe that all talents come from God. I believe that every talent and ability, it comes from a, a giving Father God. And the writer of James backs that up with every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. I also believe that it's God's desire that each of us takes whatever talent and gift that we've been given and makes it available to God as a part of our sacrificial giving, just in the same way we might get out our wallets and put some money in the collection. But talents and gifts, spiritual gifts, are not the same. See, what makes a spiritual gift distinct from a talent is that God owns the results. A spiritual gift is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. The spiritual gift will often work alongside or through a talent or ability though. See, a person may have a natural talent for public speaking. They may not be fearful of standing in front of a crowd. They can be really persuasive, an excellent salesperson. They can argue for anything. They could argue for freedom of rights for the persecuted and the lost. Or they could argue for their own self-interest. The talent is neither positive nor negative, moral or immoral. But when a Holy Spirit gift comes and partners with that, it's an amazingly effective tool for the church. You see, that public speaker may be given the gift of compassion. And if they're given the gift of compassion, then they can use it alongside that talent to persuade people to invest in a cause, a specific cause that will help the most disadvantaged. Or that person may get the gift of prophecy, in which point they can take that gift of prophecy and pair it with their public speaking and use that to become a preacher. They may be a doctor or somebody that's skilled in sewing or somebody that, that's just really good at, at hosting people or somebody that is that man with the oily rag, that mechanic. But if they're given the gift of evangelism, then souls will be won to Christ through that Holy Spirit gift. When it partners with their talent, people will come to know Jesus as they sit having coffee while they sow. They'll come to know Jesus over the engine block of a car as it's being serviced or in the doctor's waiting room. When a Holy Spirit gift is used, the glory has to go to God. The result is wholly owned by God because the effect of the Holy Spirit gift goes far beyond what an individual's personal achievement and talent can do. I believe that every believer is given spiritual gifts. They're given them by the grace of God through the Holy Spirit and they're to be used to serve and strengthen one another 
and glorify God. There was an important word in that sentence. I believe that every believer gets those gifts by the grace of God. Sure, some will get more of a gift. They may develop it more. They may be more available for its use. And some people will get more gifts, numbers of them. But I believe every Christian gets gifts from the Holy Spirit. Those spiritual gifts. And because we're the subject to be used by the Holy Spirit in those gifts, and not just the user of the gifts, then we don't get to choose. The Holy Spirit bestows on us what he sees fit for the common good of the church. That doesn't mean we can't desire more gifts, though. Okay, let's have a look at what some of these gifts are and what it means to be a spiritual gift. We've sort of skirted around that they're given freely and, and they're, they're, they're for the benefit of the church and, and they sometimes are used alongside our abilities, but what are the gifts? Well, that's where it gets a little bit complicated because in different places in the Bible, there are different gifts listed. They're listed twice in Corinthians, once in Romans, in Ephesians, and even in Isaiah. And the lifts all differ in their content. Uh, and that can seem a little bit confusing. But when Paul wrote this and the writers of Isaiah beforehand, the gifts were named slightly different things. Um, and they were separated with the meaning in the language. So it's good to understand what defines a spiritual gift before we look at what the gifts are. You see, some spiritual gifts, and the ones we tend to think about first of all, are spiritual in character. They're the pneumaticon. All of the gifts, though, are sovereignly given by God and the Holy Spirit, the charismata, where we get charismatic from. They're always given to others, they're diaconia, and they're often in the power of God, an ajima, where you carry out something in God's power. They're the manifestation an evident manifestation of the Holy Spirit through the believer, us, as we serve God. The phanerosis. Why have I brought up all that Greek? Well, I just need to point out that the reason for the different places that the gifts are listed and the reason that different gifts are, are listed um, and the different... And the reason the lists are different is because we just talk about gifts. In the original language, those gifts were segmented around what style of gifts they were and where they applied and how they applied. So when we look at the multiple lists, um, it, it can sometimes seem contradictory or confusing, but that's just because we're looking at different lists for different purposes. Now, these cover a whole wide ream of, of things. I could help somebody financially. If I was doing that under the power of God, that could be considered a gift. I could work alongside somebody. And I could do that 
using spiritual gifts to give me insight in what to do, perhaps a gift of wisdom. And that would be spiritual in character. The gifts that I want to look at start with those in the pneumaticum, the list of gifts of spiritual character. They are, however, the miraculous gifts, the supernatural gifts, the, the ones that can have no natural input. They're not just spirit-enabled, but they are operated completely through the revelation and power of the Holy Spirit. And those nine gifts can be split into three groups. They can be split into the gifts of utterance, speech. They're the gifts of tongues, the gifts of interpretation of tongues, and the gifts of prophecy. Then you have the gifts of revelation, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and the gift of discerning spirits. And then you have the ability or the power gifts, the gifts of faith, the gifts of healing, and the working of miracles. Now some people would view these as the only truly supernatural gifts of the Spirit. And in some ways they're specifically noted as that. But Paul notes them in a very particular context. He notes them that nobody should feel superior because they have been given these gifts. And that no one gift is more important than the others. Paul sets these gifts as being part of a wider collection of gifts, which also included things like leadership and serving. We read in the second time they're raised in 1 Corinthians 12, 27 to 31, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. In Romans, Paul speaks about given gifts as a result of God's grace, charismata, and lists prophesying, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leading, and showing mercy. These are not generally spiritual in nature, with the exception of prophecy. But all these gifts, and the ones noted elsewhere, are all important. They're all used for the building up of the body of Christ, for the building up of the church. They are all good. You know, as believers, we're all given gifts from the Holy Spirit. And although we do not get to choose what those gifts are, we can be assured they are the right ones for us, for our situation and for the time we find ourselves in. Because God is a loving and generous Father, we're to desire the gifts and we can ask for them. But we must not lose sight of the fact that we do not use the gifts, but the Holy Spirit uses us to manifest the gifts to benefit the church, convince the non-believer, teach the believer, and ultimately to bring glory to God. 
Next week, we'll tackle some of the, the gifts of the pneumaticon, um, starting with the gifts of speech. We'll look at what they are, and we'll look at how we can practically move in those gifts. But until then, let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you that uh, when, when your son went back to heaven to sit at your right hand, you did not leave us alone. But you sent this most wonderful Holy Spirit. And in that, God dwells with us. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for the gifts that you bestow upon us. We thank you for the times that you use us. But we also thank you that you are there as our comforter and as our counsel and as our guide. This week, we pray that we'll know you more and more. We ask you to intercede in our lives, to reveal your presence, and where you so see fit to use us to manifest your gifts. Jesus' great name. Amen. It's be great to see you tonight on the um, Zoom prayer. Um, we're not going to meet on Wednesday uh, we're this week, um, but we will be back uh, next Sunday and uh, we'll be looking uh, at the next part of this teaching series on the Holy Spirit and the gifts. Mm -hmm.